It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Change is um, never easy, but we we realize that we all have a job to do. Uh, That job is evaluated uh, each and every day. I, I told the team this. I met with the, all the staff, and that you know, you know, we have a personal relationship with John, everybody here in some capacity, uh, and, and so our, our personal feelings aren't what's important. Uh, what's important is that we respect and understand the decision, and that we you know, move forward aligned. Are you going to have more control and personnel decisions? R- R- Ryan and I, uh, Ryan Cowden and I. Will um, you know continue to communicate in, in that process as we get down the stretch of trying to figure out the active roster, uh, the players that are looking to return from injury. Um, you know, we, we've made a, a, a couple moves here. It's late in the season, so it's you know, usually some guys uh, from somebody's practice squad. Uh, so that 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 process uh, you know isn't going to change. Mike Vrabel, plenty of words, not a lot of light shined on what happened with John Robinson. Look, I continue to maintain power struggle, Vrabel won. Yeah. A.J. Brown, catalyst. Because, Chris, they've done nothing to put out any other story. There's been no effort to push back against those of us who would say, well, they didn't see eye to eye. Mike Vrabel's won enough games that he's got the juice now. And between Julio Jones, because I don't know what other disagreements they've had, but I guarantee you Mike Vrabel didn't want Julio Jones in Tennessee. Right. That wasn't his call, as right. evidenced by the fact that he was nowhere to be seen or heard from when they made that trade. And he was vindicated. A.J. Brown, we know. We have the visual evidence. Clear and obvious that Mike Vrabel was not happy that A.J. Brown was traded. And on Sunday... He was vindicated. Chris, I think it's as simple as they get their asses kicked by A.J. Brown and the Eagles on Sunday. 
on Monday, Amy Adams Strunk decides John Robinson's got to go, but I'll sleep on it. And she did. And Tuesday morning, John Robinson went. And there has been nothing, nothing, no effort whatsoever by the Titans to tell anyone who may be saying that that they're off base. So we're, we're on base. We are right on the money. Sometimes the simplest explanation is the right one. More often than not, the simplest explanation is the right one. And the simplest explanation here is Vrabel versus Robinson. Vrabel one, Robinson zero. It seems like that, you know. At, at, at just base level, it, it, it looks like that. And, you know, we, we connect dots with things we know we hear in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know exactly how this went down. I've tried to poke and prod a little bit. But, like, I, I'm with you. And the fact that they are, they have not really put anything out to say no or push back against anything so far. But that would make me believe that you know, people like us are, are on the right track. And I don't doubt what you're saying isn't true either, Mike. I just think it might have been the, the launching point here. Of like, <laughs> we, let all, we let that guy go. Did you see what he did to us today? Like, we, we couldn't cover him. We had people all over him. It didn't even matter. Right? So uh, I, I'm sure, let alone something I said yesterday. And, I, like, again, we don't get to see these teams in person sometimes. Philadelphia, just watching that game on film on Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I, I I guess I viewed Tennessee a little differently, right, without seeing them in person. I thought that Tennessee had a lot of big, strong freaks across the roster and was a big football team. Woo! You know, you could say he went to uh, Amy Adam Seastrong and went, hey, look at A.J. Brown. I think there's a possibility he, like, went, like, were you on the field pregame? Did you see the Eagles and did you see us? Because on film – there was a huge distinct. Uh, what do I want? D- distinction is that what I want to say there? Uh, I don't yeah, even know fine. if that's Disparity, right. Disparity, distinction. Disparity is the so word good. I was looking for. Thank you very much. Yeah. Between the look of the Titans and the Eagles, and I know I'm not like seeing things because I even talked to Tony Dungy about this too. I was like, "Did you have you watched this? You know that game?" And he was like, "Yeah, it, it jumped out to me how much bigger the Eagles were. I didn't think they were that much bigger than the Titans." Uh, so there, there might be a few things there as far as the team and moves that you know go on, but you know, those are the things that have crossed my mind here as we we figure this out a little bit. I don't know if Mike Vrabel meets with Amy Adams Strunk after every game. Some owners want to have that debriefing or whatever, but the Monday meeting could have been as simple as you want to know why we lost thirty-five to ten. Number eleven in green. <laughs> you take number eleven in green and you put number eleven in white. And it's a different outcome altogether because he did this to us and he should have been with us, not against us. And yeah. Oh, by the way, remember back in April when I did this that, you know, I, <laughs> that's that's the that's the, the clue. And I think that that's the the basic truth. And if I'm a Titans fan, I feel good about this because if there was dysfunction, now it's gone. And Vrabel has proven just like Bill Belichick did once upon a time, although Belichick won a Super Bowl, you know, fairly early in his run. But Vrabel has proven he's a good enough coach that you should be able to trust him with these personnel decisions or at least his instincts or his preferences. Someone else has to be grinding away on the scouting and the information and the research. Vrabel doesn't have time to do all that. You got people you can trust who are doing that. Right. But at the end of the day, 
when the, when it's time to process the information, I think Vrabel's got the right instincts to know. Agreed. This guy, not this guy. That guy, not that guy. Yeah. Once he gathers the information and absorbs it after someone else has collected it all, I would trust Vrabel to do that, and it looks like that's what the Titans are going to do. All right, we mentioned the Eagles. And, yeah, yeah. you know – you're a you're a you're a shit stirrer. You stir the pot over there, Florio. Listen, listen. <laughs> we are paid. We are paid to do a variety of things, most of which we don't do very well. But when you follow this sport, most of the time you're awake. Every day of your life, you start to see patterns. You start to develop instincts. You have informed speculation that you trot out from time to time. And it was one of the reasons why last year, as Odell Beckham Jr. was kind of lingering on the market, we're like, Rams, 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 Rams. They can get him without even effing a single pick at this point. Why would the Rams not try to get him? And they did. And we were talking yesterday about the aftermath of the Odell Beckham Jr. visit to the Giants, Bills, and Cowboys. The Cowboys, and I'm surprised this is even a debate. And I know there's some people who, like, cover the Cowboys, and you got to be careful, and you got to tread lightly. But come on, the Cowboys screwed Odo Beckham Jr. putting that stuff out there about how he's not going to be ready to play at all this year. That screws him. All in the name of either getting him to take less or to get your players to accept why they didn't sign him. So if you're pissed off about that, there's a place you can go in the same division, and you can play with a contender, and you can do a one-year deal, and you'll be playing in January and maybe playing in February. And you're out there on the field, and they're watching A.J. Brown, and they're watching Devontae Smith, and you're wide open, and Nick Sirianni is scheming you open, and, and, you, and, you, and the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, is good enough to get you the ball, and off you go, and then you get your contract the next year. It made, it made a ton of sense. And that's why it just kind of hit me yesterday as we were talking about it. I said, watch the Eagles. I guess I should have said, watch the Eagles and the Chiefs. But the Eagles had not been really In injected it. into right. that conversation Right, we haven't heard before. that. Right, right. Right. I, I wrote yesterday he should be looking at, and they should be looking at him, the Eagles and the Chiefs, because you could get him cheap, you could get him motivated, and you could get him with the mindset of, I'm going to prove myself now and get paid later, instead of, I'm going to leverage this idea that um, I'm going to help you now to get paid later. That's just not working, and it's not going to work. He needs to go back to one-year contract mindset. So anyway, anyway, we say that, and all the reporters in Philadelphia – interpreted as if we reported the Eagles are going to make it that come on. We didn't say that. All we said is watch the Eagles. We didn't say sources close to the situation the Eagles. No. So they enter the day yesterday, going into the locker room, going to the press conferences, acting as if we reported it when we didn't against all of that. Here's Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach when asked yesterday about our report, which wasn't a report linking the Eagles to OBJ. Yeah, really happy with the room that we have. Uh, one of the best wideout rooms. I can't. Yeah, the best wideout room I've ever uh, been a part of in the in the NFL. And we've we've had some, you know, we've had some good ones, and this is this is the best one uh, we've had. And so I love what obviously AJ. Everybody knows what AJ and Devontae are doing, right? And so, um, and then you have Quez, who's continuing to come on and, and continuing to make plays and continuing to be that big, you know, speed receiver that we need. And then you have Zach Pascal, who is a very critical 
to a team, uh, the type of play he brings. And, and, you know, your fourth has to be a special teams contributor, which Zach is. And he's got to be willing to do the dirty work and be able to back up every single position, which he does. Um, and do some, have, have a specialty role that he, that, which he does too. I'll uh, have that. And then your, your fifth guy better play special teams. And, and our fifth guy is our returner who had a really, you know, had his best game as a professional last, uh, last week. And, and so I, yeah. I'm really excited about that room, and, uh, you know, that, I'll let you leave it at that. Say no signing. Say no signing. <laughs> you know what we didn't hear in any of that response, Chris? No, we don't want them. We didn't them. hear a no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't hear a no. Right. We, I didn't hear any doors slamming. And, you know, the reality is that great receiver room is one game away from having one or more of those guys injured. So um, they didn't slam the door. And why would they? Why would they? And And, look, one of the reasons I said watch the Eagles – how many times have they stunned us over the years? A.J. Brown, who saw that coming, right? Right. I mean, if, if, I, if I would have said – if trading I said, of picks, everything. I, it's been amazing, yeah. If, if I, if I would have known or just would have guessed, hey, watch, watch the Eagles for A.J. Brown the day before the draft, people were like, oh, you're really stirring some shit there. And then a day later it happened. So th- that's what the, I remember all the way back to Namdi Asamoah. Remember mm-hmm. when he was a free agent in sure. 2011? Yeah. And there were like four or five teams linked to him. And then all of a sudden he signs with the Eagles, how he was there. Then that's how he does things. He has a way of keeping it under radar, keeping it quiet and swooping in. It's not fly Eagles fly. It's swoop Eagles swoop. <laughs> They'll come in and get a guy they want. And no one even knew they wanted him. That's why I said watch the Eagles. So, listen, reporters, do me a favor. Before you take the, the dumb stuff we say and turn it into a report that it wasn't, I mean, listen to what we said. I, I, don't, I, don't create some yeah. big mess in the locker room. Apparently, you know, it freaked some guys out. They get asked questions about OBJ yesterday as if it was real, like right. they're getting ready to sign him. Right. And that's, that's irresponsible by the media that covers the Philadelphia Eagles. And then I get blowback from it. Yeah. I get blowback last night from the Eagles for it. Well. Like, hey, I can't control what these assholes do with what I say. Yeah, like do your job. Pay attention right. to specifics and the details. Don't just look at one sentence and go with it. It's it, the same thing happened to me, right? When you asked me the question about if one guy were to retire this year, Brady or Rogers, who would it be? Yes. Right? Between very specific focused. Hey, Chris, if we were putting odds, I didn't even say which right. one would do it. Just what would the odds be right, right now? Brady and Rogers retiring at the end of the year during the year. It was who would, which of the right. two would, would just be walk more away, to walk away right. during the year. Right. If one of them would, right. It's a very specific example. I got blown up into you saying Tom Brady may retire during the season. I, it, it's insane. And I just want to go, I mean, really, you're just going to look at one sentence there and not really look at the conversation. And then, yeah, it's, they it's, know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. That's I, the thing. They know exactly what they're I, doing. I, I would, it's not I incompetence. It's, it's clickbait. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. I, I, I would agree with that as well. And, you know, Mike, I, I think you said it right. The, the big thing here is your team is the best team in football. You're, as it looks right now, on track to go to the Super Bowl. Clearly the best team in the NFC. Clearly the best team in the NFL right now. It, the, 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 the thing you brought up about the receivers, it's to me, it's more about with Odell. Yeah, you're not desperate to need him. Right. And if you do get them, hey, and you got all three of those guys, hey, it's amazing. But the biggest thing, too, is just the insurance policy, as we discussed yesterday. It's the insurance policy to keep the formula of how you're winning alive. And see, that's where the New England Patriots were always amazing 
you know, throughout the years. It was moves like that. Oh, they, they got a million linebackers. Well, why? Because they, they play them in all these different defenses, so if they don't have that, then they can't do it. Oh, they, they, tr- they got Aqib Tlaib? They got Darrell Rivas? Oh, they got Stephon Gilmore? Why? Why? Because they believe in, like, having that shutdown corner and it allows them to do all this crazy stuff over on the other side. So that was a part of how they play, and it was the insurance policy that way, where this is the same type of thing. And you don't need them to perform. But let's just say an injury happened to one of those two receivers in the divisional playoff game. Wow, seven weeks from now, Odell Beckham Jr.? Oh, okay, now, hey, oh, okay, now you have Odell Beckham Jr. and you're playing in the NFC Championship game. If you don't have Odell and Devontae got hurt, you're going to see double on A.J. Brown the whole game. And it's going to be hard to get him the ball. Okay? You got Odell. Now that brings it back to, okay, you can double him, but as we've seen, when Odell's healthy, he can run by anybody, anybody. And that's where, to me, you protect yourself, and it's where it makes sense, and I it was a brilliant idea by you. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if they started to kick around the idea of this, if Odell will get off of not what now. you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> not, not now. Not now. Not after yesterday. Maybe that's why they're upset. I blew up you their, blew it up the, their uh, the ability to plan. swoop in. <laughs> yeah. Um, accidentally and inadvertently and just pulling it out of my butt. But, but again, it's informed by the fact that we follow this all the time. I mean – I got, I, I, you know, I, I hear, oh, oh, you never played the game. You never coached. You don't know anything. You know, when you're plugged into the Matrix for 21 years nonstop, you kind of pick up a few things along the way during those 21 years of being plugged into the overall Matrix and understanding the patterns and the trends and the personalities and everything else that goes into the game. So that was just one of those that, that was a byproduct of that. We've seen it. We've been there. We've done that. I remember a lot of stuff. I can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I can remember that the Eagles got involved in Namdi Avsamwa and shocked everyone and grabbed him. And that's just one of the things that informs why I said, watch the Eagles. And I'm still going to watch the Eagles and the Chiefs because once he accepts, Chiefs Chris, is the same question. That he ain't getting same $20 thing. million a year. Right, right. Yeah. He, once he accepts that he's not getting the contract he wants and he has to either wait until next year and become a free agent after the season or take whatever he can get now, that's when you go to the Chiefs or the Eagles. Maybe the Bills. Yeah. But now that Von Miller's out for the year, that, that the Bills – Chiefs and the Eagles are the two teams I'd go to if I decide I'm going one-year deal and try to replicate what I did last year just without the torn ACL in the first half of the Super Bowl. That's right. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, with the Eagles and the, the Chiefs, it's, it's kind of the same reasoning. The Chiefs, it makes sense, too. You know, it's, they're a team that's built, and they, they're built through the receiver and that magic man wearing 15. So, you know, an injury or two, and all of a sudden you go, damn, they're not the same team. He can't make magic all by himself. And I do wonder with the Bills and Von Miller getting hurt if it maybe increases their chances of maybe flirting with the Odell thing now to just go, well, damn, I, you know, we can't expect him maybe to make the game-closing sacks here. We might just have to outscore somebody, uh, you know. I, 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 don't I, don't, I think they're out. You know what? It I doesn't think they're seem, out. It you seems know why like they're it. out? Yeah. Because they gave, they gave $45 million guaranteed yeah. to a guy who just tore his ACL. So what are they going to give to a guy who's coming off of a torn ACL? What are they going to do? Because, again, this gets back to the – I don't want to start putting people on the hot seat. Again, these are the patterns. But one of the, one of the realities, and we mentioned this yesterday, knocking on the door 
and not kicking it in, right? Brandon Bean's got this Von Miller contract on his resume now with ownership. That's on him. Hey, oh, we, you know, we, we, how can you, how, we didn't know he was going to tear an ACL. He did. So I think the last thing Brandon Bean's going to do is go to Terry and Kim Pagola and say, I'd like you to authorize me to give 20 million guarantee to Odell Beckham. Well, Green. yeah, that's not going to happen. Even though he's coming off a torn ACL. Right. But yeah, I'm saying right. it, to step up and get him under the current formula. Bills, Giants, Cowboys are the teams that are pursuing him under the current formula. If you change it, and I guess if he would go one-year deal, maybe the Bills would pay a little that, bit that's more. That's what I was saying. The other right. two right. You're right. for the remainder of the year. But even then, even then, yeah. even then. They've been scarred. I'm Brandon Bean, I'm treading very lightly now that Vaughn Miller's got the torn ACL. Yeah, I, I, I hear you there. It, it could have scared them. It, could, it definitely could have. But I think you're, you know, how you buttoned it up in the end there – if it gets to, hey, Odell finally realizes, but you're, I'm not getting a long-term deal. I'm not getting some big contract that goes into future years here. Maybe, maybe they jump back in it. I wish they would, as I've said many times. I think they need it. I do. And there's still a team that's based around that, the other Magic Man wearing 17. I mean, that, so uh, that, that's, again, an insurance policy. And I, I honestly think they need that extra weapon on their offense, but we'll see where it goes. And, you know, I don't know, Mike, the Cowboys, what's going on there? Jerry's putting out signals. The players are talking about, they love them. I mean, I, they're, 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 they're confusing Odell Beckham Jr. Do they love them or not? <laughs> Here's one clip from yesterday, Demarcus Lawrence, Cowboys defensive end on whether or not it's fair to say that he wants the Cowboys to bring OBJ to town. Here's what Lawrence had to say. It's fair to say that I'm trying to reach a Super Bowl. Yeah. So if he can come and help us do that or, you know, yes, I accept him. But, you know, if, if we're going to just do the circus, like, no, I don't. You know, I'm focused on this year, this team, what we have in this locker room right now and, and on the journey that we're going. That's it. And, hey, that's the attitude that after it becomes the story for two weeks. Like, at some point, you got to poop or get off the pot. At some point, this has to end. That's another thing we've been saying. Like, when is he going to – like, how can you ever even begin to expect him to help you this year if you don't sign him until Christmas Eve, for crying out loud? So the process has to end at some point. Micah Parsons said yesterday to Chris that OBJ told him he needs five weeks to be ready to play. Right. So, again, I I just – I – they don't even like it's to me five, five weeks. Five weeks is week eighteen. Yeah, that's that. It is. You're right. You're saying now. You're saying okay. Wild card, divisional round. Hey, championship game. Maybe you'll be hitting on all cylinders. Dallas, in my opinion, is like out of all the teams we've talked about. I know they could use him as an insurance policy, sure. But like they don't. They're not. They're not desperate for him. At least in my opinion. I mean, Gallup is getting close here. He's starting to become dangerous again. Uh, and the rest of the crew, but but we'll see. I mean, he's he's still a player, OBJ. Um, but it feels like Dallas is going to back off of this whole situation. It just has that feel. And even with that answer right there, that was that was delicate. He understood what the owner said, and he didn't push too hard in saying, "Yeah, we want him. I want this guy. We got him." He said all the right things. To, yeah, we want him. But hey, we want to win a Super Bowl and do all that. And yeah, I, I feel like Dallas is going to be out of is out of this as well. Yeah, I, uh, I think that uh, the Cowboys have to understand 
the limitations here, and I think that's why they put it out there. And I think they want to sign him to that one-year deal. They want to pivot away yeah. from right. a multi-year contract. I think that's a big part of it as well. So we'll see how all of that plays out. It has to play out at some point. And Odo Beckham Jr., somebody tweeted yesterday, I think it was Ian Rappaport, now that he's done the visits, he goes back and he figures out what he's going to do, and we just wait. Well, he's got some big decisions to make as it relates to what he wants. And I don't think anything goes anywhere until he decides to just take a one-year deal. And then things can get rolling. And I know, look, I feel bad for the guy because that's what he did last year, and everything was lining up perfectly, and then he tears an ACL in the Super Bowl, and it sucked. And there's, no, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. Nobody's going to pay you for what you did. They're going to pay you based upon your recovery from the torn ACL. But at some point, you just have to understand that's your best option for 2023 is to just go out there and play and show what you can do with a great team, and off we go. All right, Uh, off we go with Week 14 preview. We'll get you ready for some of the games to come this weekend with a grab bag right after this on PFT Live. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. I feel like I am playing the best football in my career right now and, um, you know, starting to settle in a little bit and, and, and Ben and I have a good thing going and still a lot of work to do and, and we can always improve and, and look at ways to get better. But um, I, am, I am comfortable and, and hope to continue that through the season. Jared Goff, Lions quarterback. Four wins in five games for the Detroit Lions after they started the year one and six. We talked earlier about where Goff is in his career. We're going to talk now about the game that is up next. The Lions, who were at one point one and six, hosting the ten and two Vikings, and the Lions are favored in this game. <laughs> Amazing. Um, how do you how do you explain? We're going to skip over the golf question because we already talked about it. I think we both agree he's playing the best football yeah, of his career right he now is. because he, he doesn't have Sean McVay to prop him up, right? right we can right. stipulate they that. They put, put his back in the corner, and he's going, okay, I don't have these easy ones. i got to start throwing these balls into tight windows and covered guys and all that. And, yeah, and there's no doubt. It's, it's upped his game. So how do you explain the fact that the Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites when it started as the Vikings as two-and-a-half-point favorites? Yeah, I, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, it's certainly you know, interesting. I wouldn't have expected it. I can understand the logic of a little bit, though. Uh, one, people don't believe in the Vikings. I think that's the first thing. I, I think that even goes true to the people in the NFL. People watch it and go, you know, hey, uh, you know, I think Tony Junji and Jason Garrett, they ask them the same things just to throw out some other – where you go, hey, it's good, we get that, but, man, I don't know – what you know? There's no dominant factor of their football team. You, you know, again, it would be another game last week in a lot of ways. I'm I'm not sure you looked like the better team in the field. You won, and then as we know, Mike, it's a matchup league. You know, and I think that's probably where people look at it and go, "Man, this Lions offense—they can run it on just about anybody." The way Goff's throwing it, that's good. Ever since they made some adjustments on defense, that's been better. Kirk Cousins has not been great as of late. The passing game, I don't want to just put it on Kirk Cousins. And the running game, as we discussed, was really more of a benefactor of the passing game being good 
in, in a lot of ways. It was pass first and then run, where in years past we saw them run, and then, oh, hey, now they can pass it. So I, I guess those would probably be my reasons, let alone, yeah, the Lions are a hot football team right now, and they're at home. It, I, I, we were kicking this around yesterday, and there was a suggestion maybe Kirk Cousins was injured. I was very interested to see the report yesterday from the Vikings because he did get rocked at one point on Sunday, and he was, like, kind of screaming out in pain. He's a tough son of a gun. He is. I mean, he, he didn't miss a beat, and he's not on the injury report at all. There are five Vikings that missed practice Wednesday with an illness. I suspect by Sunday they'll be fine, but the problem is how many others are going to pick it up and what kind of an issue are they going to have as the week unfolds. I just think it's as simple as the betting public doesn't respect right. the Vikings. Right. The betting public thinks the Vikings have more than a little bit of fugazi in them yep. and that the Lions have, have figured something out and, and that we should expect them to win, especially after last week when the Jaguars were favored by one and they kicked the crap out of the Jaguars. I think that was the litmus test for a lot of people to say, okay, the Lions really are pretty damn good. And yep. why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you think, though, they're, they're chasing a playoff berth? Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to win out, and the Vikings have to lose out for the Vikings to not win the division. Yeah, yeah. That, that is highly unlikely, but right. the Lions can still get in. They can right. stave off elimination to win the division, and they can get into the postseason as a wild card, and they'd be a tough out if they get there. So... I, I think that it's just perception and it's betting. And I look, I, the reality is with the Vikings, with these Vikings, they have figured out that that horseshoe up the butt. They they make the plays when they need to make them. That's what Patrick Peterson told me. we got 11 guys on defense. All of them believe that they're going to be the one to make the play that saves the game. And one of them inevitably does. And there's no sense of friction because it's not like the offense stinks. Yeah, remember when against the Buccaneers, the Rams had a goal line stand and then um, the Rams didn't get a single first down. Yeah. So the Bucs got the ball back, right. drove down and won the game. Right. Jalen Ramsey popped off about it. You don't even have a – there's not even a – the attitude was, let's go. We got to go. We got to go. We just made a goal line stand. We got to go do it again. Let's go do it. Yeah. Let's go because yeah. we know we can. It's just, it's just odd. And until somebody overcomes that – that vibe is going to continue. And the big point was Peterson senses that the opposing offense is starting to feel that same thing. We'll see if Dan Campbell can get the Lions to ignore that and overcome that. And maybe they're the team that finally pops that bubble. Who knows? All right, Jets, Bills. Crystal ball. Will the Jets be going back to Zach Wilson after this game? Remember, last year it was Mike White losing to the Bills 45-17, being picked off four times with no touchdowns that ended the Mike White experiment. Will it end again after this game, Chris? Uh, I. I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I, I, I don't know. It just has no feel of ending in sight. Just the vibe around it, the way the team has acted, the players have acted around Mike White. I think it would – I'm going to say no because I think it'll, it'll, it'll take four interceptions. And I'm not going to say that's impossible. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Uh, he, 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 he could have thrown four or five interceptions last week against your Vikings team. He threw two, and he had a, you know two or three others that were in their hands, and they dropped it. So, uh, But I think it'll take a monumental, like last year, type of game. And I don't think he's going to do that. I don't. I think, you know, again, he's got a little more experience. He understands what he dealt with last year in that defensive scheme where uh, I think he'll be a little bit more conservative with some of his decisions and, and things like that to where – He'll hold on, hold on to the job for another week. It's a weird situation. Well, and 
we talked about it the other day. There's just something more going on here than how well Mike White does or doesn't perform. And the players love him. The players believe in him. The coaches believe they can coach him. And Zach Wilson is still in the doghouse. I I can't imagine Zach Wilson going from inactive. Yeah, to starter. To starter. Right, exactly. I think the step would be, all right, we're going to make him the backup today. Right. That that would, just like they did with Mike White. Yeah. That was the... That was the first real signal of what was coming. They put Mike White ahead of Joe Flacco. Well, why are you doing that? Well, what happened a few weeks later? So right. I think the first step would be Flacco's in street clothes and Zach Wilson's number two. So I, I agree with you. Unless he's injured, they're not going back from Mike White to Zach Wilson after this game. Browns, Bengals. And the, the, the Browns, it's just weird. It's weird. Bengals own the Chiefs. Browns own the Bengals. Browns are five and seven. Second game with Deshaun Watson. Scale of one to ten. Confidence level that Joe Burrow puts an end to his own personal struggles against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm going to say um, uh, about an eight. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident. You know, uh, one, you know, hey, they, they they lost to them the last game of the year last year when they didn't play anybody, right? But his, his struggles are real. He's had some games where he's put up some big numbers. 2020, I think he did to had a game or uh, one of those games where he threw like for 400 yards. Might have been like a Thursday night game if I remember right. But, yeah, it, it hasn't been, you know, easy against this football team. But the I think the way I look at it is just you kind of hit on it earlier. I, Deshaun Watson's still getting his feet back underneath him, and it's been a long time, so I don't expect him to be going, you know, full go here. And I just think the Bengals have turned a corner here. The defense is awesome. The offense in Burrow is, is awesome. The offensive line has become real again. And they're pass protecting damn well. I mean, we didn't hear Chris Jones's name last week. Alex Kappa is one of the only humans I've seen that can kind of not be obliterated by Chris Jones in one-on-one. Uh, so they got it rolling right now. And Joe Burrow has uh, has entered the Mahomes-Allen conversation for my money. Uh, that would be just the Chris Sims assessment that I think – they're kind of on another level, those three. You know me, I always said Mahomes and Allen were on another level. Burrow, the last four or five weeks, the way he's played, the throws, the off-schedule stuff, I think he's entered that conversation, and that's where I have you know pretty strong confidence in them. And done a lot of it without Jamar Chase. Right. Chase was back right. last week. Right. Now he'll have another game under his belt this week. And I just think that, look, Deshaun Watson was not good. Last week, no. I still don't know how the Browns won that game, well, other than the opponent was the Houston they, Texans. They returned the a punt. They had a, a, a returned a fumble. They had a pick six. I mean, they scored with everything but the offense last week. It was pretty amazing, actually. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just had to throw that out there. It was no, funny. Any and anybody that uh, plays fantasy football knows that the Browns' defense last week was a juggernaut for all <laughs> right. of that because you get the right. special team score as well. So, um, yeah, I think that, that uh, Deshaun Watson has a lot of work to do and not nearly enough time to do it to get ready to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. And, and they're playing the game in Cincinnati. It's going to be a hostile crowd toward Deshaun Watson. It's funny how he's back now and we just kind of forget all that. Yeah, right. Every road game he plays. Yeah. Every time. He's going to he's going to Pittsburgh later this year. Are you kidding me? You think they're going to be friendly in Pittsburgh to Deshaun Watson? Holy cow. And they aren't going to be friendly to him in Cincinnati this weekend either. And all that, it's he's human. It's going to work on you. It's going to wear you down. It's going to distract you. I, I think I'm at a nine. 
Burrow is going to overcome the Browns because they're in a position now where they got a shot at the one seed. Yes, they do. You know, yeah, they, they got they got to deal with the Ravens, but the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson. And they're struggling week. right they now. They can take yeah. that division. Yeah. And Cincinnati can end up, they can end up being the one seed this year when it's all said and done. We'll see how that goes. All right, let's take a break. Jimmy Garoppolo, will he be back for the playoffs? There was a report on Tuesday that Coach Kyle Shanahan debunked, proved it to be bunk on Wednesday. We'll talk about that when PFG Live continues right after this. It's not a list frame. They don't have to do surgery on it. Um, still going to be a big recovery, um, but much less than what we anticipated, which is awesome news for him in the offseason. He'll be good to go right away, so it won't be like last year. Um, really, I mean, there's that way outside chance, you know, late in the playoffs or something like that, but um, it's just an outside chance. I'm not really real optimistic about that, but they didn't rule it out. Kyle Shanahan on Jimmy Garoppolo's Injury and the timeline and the report from ESPN on Tuesday, which had fingerprints of Agent Don Yee all over it. Jimmy Garoppolo could be back in seven to eight weeks, back playing. What Kyle said yesterday is seven weeks to heal. Playing comes later. So I think when I sat down and did the math, the earliest he'd be back is for the Super Bowl. Well, if Brock Purdy gets you to the Super Bowl, Chris... Are you going to bench him for a guy who hasn't played in 10 weeks? No. I don't think you are. No, you're absolutely not. No. I mean, by that time, you you know, you've gotten your mojo going. You've just beaten some great playoff teams. You probably upset the Eagles on the way. So what would make you think you can't beat anybody in football? All right. So I'm, I'm with you there. And we, we hit this yesterday when we kind of heard the seven or eight. Like, yeah, okay, maybe he could – get on the field and jog again in eight weeks. Like, uh, that's where it, was, it seemed a little ridiculous. Like People think, whoa, they cleared him. He can but play report, and be a pro bowler. Play. Right. But the yeah. report with fingerprints what? of his agent was play. Play, yeah. And okay. Shanahan blew gotcha. that out of the water yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it just, it's, yeah. it's just, you know, you, you, you know, you've been there doing this for 20 years. I know I've been around football. That type of injury is not the type of thing where you just run out there and are ready to go again. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see him again and – uh, we'll see what they do with Brock Purdy. The Niners will still be a dangerous football team here down the stretch. Buccaneers 6-6 six and six at the 49ers 8-4. and four. Tom Brady versus Brock Purdy. There's going to be a lot of people who Purdy are good. unable to pick Brock Purdy to beat Tom Brady. Uh, before we delve into that game, here's a little Kyle Shanahan from yesterday on Brock Purdy's extensive college playing experience. No, I just think when you're a four-year starter in a, in a pretty big conference, you've just been in some pressure, and you've done it a lot. You had to come in there as a freshman when, um, you know, you're the youngest on the team, and to be able to do that four years in a row, um, you can tell when guys have done that. They've just, they've just been under center a bunch. Uh, they understand just how to play the game. Um, they've been in it a lot, and um, they've been in a lot of situations. Now he's got to see there's a huge difference in the league and stuff like that, but um, you can talk about a lot of things, but you can tell he's been in it, and I think that's how he knows how to play fast. I mean, wouldn't it be something if this guy becomes the next generation's Tom Brady in that he's the lowly drafted player who develops into a starter and is pretty damn good and gets it done and enters the, the fray under similar circumstances a year earlier than Brady did. But, but again, Brady versus Purdy. <laughs> Purdy's first career start because he didn't start last week because the injury happened in the first quarter. Um, what's your confidence level? in Purdy as he walks out there onto the field 
sees Tom Brady running out of the tunnel with his let's effing go, and he's back in his home area, even though it's a long drive to San Mateo from Santa Clara, especially in traffic. But but what's your confidence that Purdy can get it done against a team like the Bucks? I, I I'm I'm pretty confident uh, from what I saw last week. Now again, I, if it gets to the point where wait, they're down by 14 and he's got to drop back and throw the ball 45 times and win the game, then no, I don't feel good about that. That, that. That's not what he's made to do, at least not yet. But with the way and the confines of how we see 49er football play on a weekly basis, I think he works. He's gonna, he'll make it work. You see his experience. You do. He does a lot of the little nuances that a quarterback needs to do. And last week, man, he made some really high-level plays. He actually missed some of the easier plays where you went, wait, that was an easy one. How'd you miss that one? But wait, you're going to make this one with a guy in your face on a third and 10 and then throw it down the, so throw a seed down the middle to, to Kittle? I mean, he had a few sidearm throws where he got it, had to throw it around pressure. And again, standing here in the pocket, reading it. I, I, I just think with reps and then Shanahan not putting too much on his plate, and as we always talk about, the team rallies around these situations, right? The defense is going, we got to play better. We don't got Jimmy G. We're going to have to help this guy. Come on. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk are saying that. You know, I, I, it, it's one of those where a little bit like we saw with Dak Prescott, it's going to bring the team together a little bit. And you know, I don't expect him to – they. I don't expect him to be – you know, some glaring weakness. Let's just say that. I think he's going to be plenty good. I'm not so sure he's a better athlete than Jimmy G. His arm, to me, looked – he was physically better than I thought he would be. His arm looked every bit as strong as Jimmy G. So now it's just taking care of the football, and when Shanahan delivers a play, you got to make it. Uh, and I, I think this kid's capable of that, Mike. Listen to this quote from Trent Williams. Long-term, grizzled, veteran left tackle on Brock Purdy. You would think he's been in the league 15 years. If you're talking, he'll say, shut your ass up. He ain't no timid rookie feeling his way around. He'll get on your ass. You would think he's like Peyton Manning or something. Wide receiver's not running. You'll hear him cussing a wide receiver out. Man, sounds a lot like Tom Brady. Yeah, that does. Sounds a lot like what you need to come in and get it done. Right. How in the hell did this guy last until the final pick in the draft then, Chris? Four-year starter. All the experience, great personality, leadership traits. What the hell? What are the other 31 teams thinking? Yeah. Aren't they all looking for a franchise quarterback whenever, wherever, and however they can find one? What's the what's the issue? Why did he fall? Well, it's, it's not great physical talent. I don't think anybody saw a huge potential. And then huh. he, Another similarity to Tom well, Brady. Well, yeah, and then he played it, and, and here's another similarity. Played in an offense that wasn't necessarily quarterback-centric, so there wasn't a ton of yards. To, oh, well, gosh, he's, look at the yards so I can justify dra- drafting him three rounds earlier, right? You know, they played in the pro-style type of offense. You know, they were the only team in the Big 12 that, like, actually had a fullback and ran, like, an ISO play every now and then or stuff like that. So I think that's probably why. And then wins and losses weren't always easy there. They were pretty good while he was there, but, you know, they weren't a national powerhouse. Um, but this again, as we've discussed many times, this is not a quarterback centric team. This is not, you know, and in, in a lot of ways, this is a crazy statement I'm about to say. I'm more worried about Tom Brady than I am Brock Purdy in this game. I am. I mean, Brady, Brady has had moments of looking like absolute shit this year. And now he's got, I mean, sorry. I mean, he, we saw it last week. You know, you can say what you want. I'm sick of fluffing around this subject. But we saw, and now he's got the 49ers pass rush and this defense. 
You know, that's where it, it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, you're watching a guy that's kind of on his last leg and gets jumpy in the pocket and misses a lot of throws and opportunities. I mean, that he's gone. Throw it out there. You know, there's a number of plays. And at least he threw it down the field in this game, which was good to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just as intrigued by how Brady looks with these guys swarming around him as I am with Brock Purdy and just how he, you know, responds to being his first start ever. Yeah, um, think about this. The Bucks had that hard-fought game played, uh, you know, on Monday night. Yeah. They got to travel across the country, and they're playing a 49ers team that uh, was at home last week. At home the week before that. Th- those little factors make a difference. That's a weird quirk in the scheduling that, that puts the Bucks in a spot where they got to fly to San Francisco as just part of all this, recovering from that game, and – as, as I've said multiple times, and I was looking for a good gif of Jeff Van Gundy on Alonzo Mourning's leg. That's going to be Donovan Smith on Nick Bosa on Sunday. It's going to be <laughs> potentially a long day for Tom Brady. He's going to have to get the ball out faster than he ever has. So I got a lot of faith in Brock Purdy. I got a lot of faith in the 49ers, and I think they'll be perfectly fine without Jimmy Garoppolo. All due respect, Jimmy Garoppolo. People are mad at me for saying that. It's like, folks, haven't we seen this movie? Don't, don't we know that this 49ers team isn't? successful because of Garoppolo they quote quote the stats of well they always go well when the he record of the team yeah when they win when he doesn't not, play right. but you know what you know what though how many of those games did Nick Bosa not play too yeah I think that's more important to look at you did, I'd like to see some the of stats that. and I should put them together on their record without Nick Bosa they they definitely they've had some of that the year he hurt his ankle right in in New York or the Jets Bosa hurt out for the year there's been some of that and then you know, I could I could argue too that some of the backups they had were just not good enough to to get it done in any you know in, in any way. And I also think too with some of the backups, I, I put a little blame on Shannon because I feel like he just was like, "Wait, you're a backup. I'm going to run the same offense as Jimmy Garoppolo. Here we go." And it's like they weren't ready for it. So I think Shannon has learned from those experiences and will manage Purdy better than he did a Nick Mullins or a C.J. Beathard maybe when when they had to take over the job. And you've got Christian McCaffrey. You've got Debo Samuel. You've got guys who can move the ball. You just slip into 2019 postseason mode where you just run it, you run it, you run it, you run it, you play great defense, you win football games. And, and again, you, you said it. Brock Purdy made some great throws. He did. This is an opportunity. With all the crap that the 49ers have been dealing with, freaking themselves out over quarterback position, the trade-up for Trey Lance, all this stuff, now Shanahan's got a guy who's like this lump of clay that shows a ton of potential and he just molds him the right way. It could be a lot of fun for Kyle down the stretch, and, and they, I think, will still make the playoffs, and I still – think they will be very dangerous all right two teams going into the season that we thought were playoff contenders one's in good shape the other one is not Sunday night football flexed into prime time Dolphins at Chargers Tua versus Justin Herbert here's Tua Tonga-Vailoa from yesterday talking about comparisons with the guy who was drafted one spot after Tua in 2020 Uh, he's a great player you know you can't can't say anything bad about this guy like he I mean, he's good. He can run. He can throw. He can throw on the run. I mean, he he can do a lot of things, and and it's it's pretty remarkable. So, um, you know, I I have nothing but respect for for him and uh, his game too. I feel that uh, I've been very blessed to to have gotten chosen, regardless of if I got chosen before him or after him. Um, you know, I'm I'm just happy to be where I'm I'm at. Um, I don't think anything of it. 
You know, I, I know everyone else outside of um, our building and, you know, fans want to make speculations about that. But uh, for for me, I'm, I'm just very fortunate, very blessed to be in, in this position. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let everyone else handle handle the, the talking with that. And, uh, you know, that's that's my stance on it. Before this season, it looked like a monumental blunder by the Dolphins to take Tua instead of Justin Herbert. I still would take Herbert over Tua, but but right now, Tua's playing better. Tua's the leading Pro Bowl vote-getter. They're still doing Pro Bowl votes, even though they're not having a Pro Bowl. I'm, I'm not going to try to figure that one out. But uh, as I said a few weeks ago, you flip Justin Herbert and Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and you have Mike McDaniel as the head coach of Justin Herbert you'd be seeing a lot of the same stuff. But Tua has been great this year. And, Chris, here we are in their third seasons. Joe Burrow, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Justin Herbert, taken in the top six of the draft, and all three right now looking pretty good. Yeah. Pretty no, damn good, really. No, no question. I mean, it, it is. And, and Tua's, you know, been playing great football. There's no question about that. You know, there's, there's he's, he's doing great. The offense fits him. And... You know, there's nothing you could say about that. He's played really good in every game except last week. You know, last week was was bad. Last week he he left a ton more like, like I told you yesterday, more points and yards on the field than any quarterback I've seen in a game all year. Now we'll see how he bounces back. You know, but hey, they're 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 both phenomenal. I mean, Herbert's a phenomenal talent. Herbert's generational. You know, and I and I don't think it's. You know, I, I don't like this aspect of it. we just go, well, hey, look at him when he's doing this year. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins are an all-star team. Are you kidding me? You put Justin Herbert on the Dolphins and watch out. Like, that's not fair. You know, Justin Herbert, the Chargers, the injuries they've had to deal with, the offensive line. I mean, they couldn't protect him for three seconds last week. Not th- I mean, they can't. They got nobody that can stretch the field and go down the field. Keenan Allen's been hurt most of the year. Mike Williams has been hurt most of the year. They have no run game. You know, Tua, the game is made very easy for him. And I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect for him. I'm just trying to tell you how awesome the Dolphins are. And we got to stop just going, oh, wait, this stat and this stat, so that guy's better. Like, that's not real. I don't. So it's, it's not apples to apples there. But Tua has taken advantage of his opportunity and is certainly the quarterback of the most dangerous offense in football. I've never seen anybody do to the 49ers what the Dolphins did last week. I've never. I talked about it on my podcast. Please go listen. We break it down. I've never seen that many open people and the 49ers being relegated to, we don't know what to do. We're just going to play cover two because they got people open everywhere. If they play again, Tua will tear up the Niners. They're not a good matchup. But why didn't he? Why didn't he? I saw you tweet that yesterday, but I'm confused. Why didn't he do it? He missed he, he just, just missed he just was off. You know, I don't know if the, Then why do you think he's then why do you think well, he's gonna not be off the next time? Because I, mean, you I got just, Nick Bosa chasing I, I'm around. No, well he, again here's the other thing. See there's there's he just he missed throws. He missed throws that were wide open. He wasn't under pressure much at all. He was under the third least pressure of football last year last week. So Bosa got the three sacks, but there was a 
you go back to his first 30 dropbacks and you go, there's nobody around him because you can't ever rush Tua. It's always this guy's going that way, this guy. So the defense goes that way or they go this way. Then they go, oh, wait, he is throwing it. Let me go rush. And it's already over because now he's already patting and throwing the ball. They do a great job of protecting the offensive line there. But my, my point was, you know, I think, hey, it was outdoors. It was the 49ers. You know, they're big, they're fast. And I think he maybe felt a little uncomfortable that way and he just was off. But I don't think you can rely if they ever played again to go, well, you know, we're going to play the same game plan and just two will be off again. We haven't seen him be off like that all year. So that's, you know, a learning experience for him. But I don't think he's in the class of Justin Herbert. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to go there. That's, that's not going to happen. And I got a lot of respect for Tua. I know, uh, I know people don't think that, but I do. And their offense is awesome. But it, it's their offense and the talent that has certainly helped him out. Here's the reality. Yeah. Last year, he wasn't good. And guess what? He's gotten better. He's worked That's true. harder. Right. He's been more focused. Remember right. in the preseason, Mike McDaniel was saying how he's doing stuff that he didn't do right. last year. Yes. He has stepped up. So it was accurate to say a year ago, he's not very good. It's accurate to say now he's dramatically improved. Yeah. And he's playing he's incredibly good. well. And he. And he's benefiting from the presence of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all the running backs, Mike Gusecki and Mike, Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. Exactly. And if you did, if you did put Justin Herbert on that team, Dolphins fans, it would be Herbanon, not Tuanon, and you'd be you'd be even happier because Herbert is better overall. Everything about him, he's better. He's just stuck in a bad spot, a bad team, and. A, a, a team that's not as good as it should be. They're still six and six. Yeah. And Chris, I can't help but wonder whether or not Dean Spanos is going to give a blank check to Sean Payton to come in and save the operation in LA. Uh, Cause that's exactly what Justin Herbert needs. An offensive coach. I, I love Brandon Staley as a coach. And, and I know he played quarterback, but I, I remember saying, why are they hiring a defensive coach when you've got this guy who is your key employee for the next 10, 15 years, you want a head coach that isn't going to leave. Now you got, if, if, you, if, it, if it goes well, the offense coordinator is gone, and he's a head coach somewhere else. Then you got to break in a new one. Then it goes well, and he's gone. Then you got to break in a new one. You need an offensive head coach for Justin Herbert who's going to be there. And, and uh, I don't know that Sean Payton would be interested, but I think the Chargers should be interested. For, and, and I'm sorry. And, again, I've, this is a tough time of year, and – I know it's Christmas and families are involved, but this is the way it goes. This is what you signed up for. This is one of the reasons why you get paid so much money because you, your job does kind of hang in the balance when you underachieve. And I would say that it is hanging in the balance right now for the Chargers. It, it seems like it. It does. And I don't know if I necessarily agree that it's fair. That, that's one thing I will say. Uh, the, you know, they always, it goes to the territory. I fair know, or unfair I know, goes to the territory. I know. I'm just I'm here just to throw you know maybe some logic or some context into the situation. It's not logic. It's reality. No, it's just reality I, because I, because bad teams want to become good teams, and one way you become a good team is to fire your coach. You can't change your roster in one off season, but you can change your coaching. Style. I I I know. I know. I'm just I'm just trying to say, hey, they were, you know. In, the, in a little bit of a let's retool the team last year in his first year, and they were one more laser beam from Herbert from winning a, a football game or, you know, to going to the playoffs. And here they are at 6-6 six and six and been one of the most injured teams in football. 
You know, and I know, again, we, I know you've discussed Again, this. another year. Another year. I, I, the most inter- how many years do they have to be the most injured team in football before they fire the entire training staff and start over again I, I, there? I know, Mike. I'm just, I'm just throwing out some food for thought here. I know, but I I'm just you. saying. I know, but it's just – it drives me crazy because, as I've said all year, Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, it's always something with the Chargers. No matter how good they look on paper, it's always something. And at some point, it's not just bad luck. At some point, you've got some deep flaws in your organization that need to be identified and eradicated. That's my point. Yeah, I, 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 Mike, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying there. You know, and I don't know why those issues are there. And, you know, I'd love to have an answer for that. But, you know, again, it's been offensive line injuries. It's been an issue, right? You know, so they, you know, no, no Joey Bosa. So they've had some issues and, and other guys to go along with that. You know, a J.C. Jackson never really got to establish himself this year. We talked about the receivers. You know, they've lost some. So that's where I guess I'm just telling you I got a little bit of a soft spot in my heart for Brandon Staley. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm, you know, listen, I I do too. But the but we know how this game. Goes. I, I get you, Mike. I know Peyton looming out there, Super Bowl winning coach who is a proven commodity who who turned Drew Brees into a Hall of Famer. And, you know, Drew Brees peed a little bit the first time he saw Justin Herbert on a football field. <laughs> Justin Herbert physically. Did he get struck by lightning? Is, is, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> we should take a break. Uh, let's do, <laughs> in case you missed it, for week 13 when BFD Live continues right after this. <laughs> What is it about December football that it seems like you get rejuvenated or get another boost level up? Man, as the road gets narrow, um, it makes you or it breaks you. Um, You feel that pressure or you apply that pressure. Um, It's my preference to apply it. And, um, And it's my job to make sure our team shares that sentiment. I love Mike Tomlin. He's just like wired with one saying after another. Oh, and they're all is. good. Yes. But it's, it's, he's that doll with the cord, but he's got more than eight. He's got like 30 of them that he just rattles off, appropriate to whatever month it is. And December is the month where it's time to step up. All right, we step up to the Week 14 matchup draft as Week 14 starts tonight with the Raiders and the Rams. Anything that – you want to put together, whether it's unit, whatever. We, we go when, whatever direction you want to go in. Chris, you're up. I, you know, I'm going to go a little, you know, to tonight a little. I think that's one that just jumps out to me right away. Uh, the, the Raiders are going to feed Devontae Adams. You know, what are the, what are the Rams going to do to stop it? And Jalen Ramsey is what I, I look at. You know, I wish they would play Jalen Ramsey in some more man-to-man type of situations. You know, they're, they're a zone football team you know, more than they are man. But I got to think they're going to have to do something different here. You know, the Raiders have just finding one way after another to get him the ball consistently. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that. We saw last week and just saw in that clip there, you know, Ramsey matched up with DK Metcalf definitely more than a handful of times during the game. So that's one to watch out for tonight, at least just how they handle. Are they going to double him? What are they going to do? Uh, you got to do something kind of outside the normal playbook to stop Devontae Adams. I'm going to go to the game that was originally scheduled to be played in primetime this weekend, the Chiefs at the Broncos, because it just shows you how dramatically and how quickly things can change. When Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos, oh, twice a year, 
Patrick Mahomes versus Russell Wilson. Get your popcorn ready. Holy crap. Patrick Mahomes versus Russell Wilson. We get to see it twice a year, maybe three times. Maybe they'll cross paths in the playoffs. Maybe this is the new Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. They haven't met yet. This is the first time. And Wilson and the Broncos have struggled so much that the NFL chose to pull it out of prime time, even though it involves Patrick Mahomes. So this one is a matchup just because it encapsulates how far and how fast the Denver Broncos have fallen. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I uh, it, it is pretty unbelievable. Uh, just that we thought we were going to see, you know, all these great quarterback matchups in the AFC, AFC West, and the one guy we felt like would be up there, maybe flirting with Herbert and Mahomes for the best quarterback in the division, is clearly the worst quarterback in the division, and it's not even close right now. Um, so I, I hear you there. It'd be something to watch for. I'm going to go to um, San Francisco. I'm going to go to Brady versus 49ers pass rush. I think I'm, I'm extremely intrigued to see how this goes. You know, we, we know the Bucks can't. They're not a good running football team. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Not against this crew. They're going to have to throw to win the game. And then I just don't know if they can protect. You know, they couldn't protect last week. And then there's going to be a big shining light on the left tackle in this game. It is. You're crazy. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I would. The, the 49ers coaches are going to talk to the referees extensively about it before the football game. So, you know, that, that's where I'm, I'm interested to see what Brady and the Bucks offense has. And, you know, does he get a little jittery like we've seen him a few times this year with some teams that get around him? And, you know, how does he play off of that? Yeah, I suspect that the officials who handled that game on Monday night got graded so poorly, or at least they should have gotten graded so poorly, that whoever has that game is on full notice. 76, we're watching him every single play, and he will be. His only hope to keep Tom Brady in one piece is to hold whoever is his in his face, and it's going to be Nick Bosa very often. We talked about this earlier, but this is a great matchup. It's Tua versus Justin Herbert. And the problem is if the Dolphins win, Tua and on is going to feel vindicated that Tua is better than Justin Herbert. That is not the case. Again, flip the two players. I wish we could. I wish there was just an alternate universe with just that change, just that one little change, that the Dolphins had taken Herbert and the Chargers had taken Tua, and we could see it play out that way. It's amazing how close it was. And and I don't know, would the Chargers have taken Tua? They took Justin Herbert. They needed a quarterback, so maybe it would have turned out that way. But uh, it, it'll be fun to watch it in prime time. But, but just think, Tua versus Herbert supplanted Mahomes versus Wilson on Sunday night. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. You're right. When you put it that way, and I'm excited to watch this game. I am. I, I think it's going to be fun. And the Chargers, again, we've, the Chargers, we hit on this a few weeks ago with our Sunday night game when they played the Chiefs. They are built to stop the pass game. They built themselves to stop Mahomes and the Chiefs. So, and then Staley can be creative with coverages and stuff. I, I'm, I'm interested to see if maybe they can, can somebody slow down the attack? Because I thought the 49ers might be able to slow it down. They won, but like we said, I don't know if they really slowed it down more than then. The Dolphins just had an off day and missed some opportunities, two specifically. Uh, but this should be a good one. It really should be. We'll take a break when we return. One more round of our matchup draft for Week 14. We'll be back right after this. All right, round three of the matchup draft for week 14. Chris, what do you got? Mike White versus the Bills defense. I mean, we know. We talked about it earlier. The struggles last year, four interceptions. I don't know, what, what's it going to look like? Buffalo, extra time to prepare. 
pissed off about they outplayed the Jets and should have won the first time around. So Allen made stupid mistakes in that game. He's going to see that. I don't think he's going to do that again. And yeah, uh, you know, as much as I respect the Jets defense, it's this is an offense and you, nobody stops. You can't stop Josh Allen and the Bills. So you're going to have to Mike White and company make some plays against this Bills defense. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's been playing good football. There's no doubt about that. I'm also excited just because it dictates the future of Zach Wilson. So that story itself is, is interesting too. And uh, I think it's one of the better games, of course, at 1 p.m. on Sunday. December 5, 2021, the Lions hosted the Vikings. The Lions at that point were 0-10-1. and And my matchup to watch as the Vikings go back to Ford Field is Lions receiver Amon Ross St. Brown against the Vikings' pass defense because, Chris, as you may recall, that game ended with the Vikings, for whatever reason, choosing not to guard the goal line, backing off into the end zone. Right. Amon Ross St. Brown saw it. I talked to him after that game. He was stunned. And how they were playing him. He caught the pass, won the game. And since then, he's become a great part of that offense. One of the best receivers in the game that rarely gets discussed. And uh, let's see what he does against the Vikings pass defense this year. Because the players aren't that much better. The scheme may be better. Right. I suspect if they get down to a goal line stand, the Vikings will be covering the white stripe at the front, not the white stripe at the back. I, I would think so, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mike, I think you said it kind of right right there. The players, it, it ain't. There's no like huge advantage here with the Vikings, and I think if we went through some positions, we'd go, "Damn, there's actually more Detroit victories than than." But you guys are more seasoned. You got some veteran players. You're battle tested. Like the Lions have, they're just figured out how to win like three weeks ago, and they're like, "Hey, well, this is fun. We're figuring it out." So uh, I, I am kind of interested to see if the Lions can ride this wave and your damn Vikings with the shamrock up their butt. We'll see if they can continue that as well. <laughs> And we'll see you later on. We're doing the Mega Picks podcast coming up later today. Peter King will be in tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. See ya. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.